The content of the following program is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or cure. Always consult your physician or a health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Ready, set, go! And the truth shall set you free! Welcome to One Life Radio. Happy Monday. Welcome to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette Fiaschetti with Jerry Caldwell and Marie Early. We are broadcasting live from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Jer, Marie, how you doing? I'm good. <laughs> good afternoon. Uh, yeah. I Can you talk again? I've, I've got some pr- trouble with my headphones. There we go. Can you talk, Jer? Hi. Yeah, I only hear you on my right side. I don't know. I have to squiggle my little thing. Maybe something's up. Anyway, but I can hear you, so that's good. And uh, I'm glad to be here. So glad to be here. And it's Monday, so you know what that means. That means that Mary Holland is with us, and we're going to be going over the most read news and views of the week with Mary and the Children's Health Defense.org. Mary Holland, how are you doing? Oh, you're so okay. All right, well, we've got lots of stories to cover. And, uh,. Well, she's going to get her on the phone. You know, I was thinking about telling. I've told this story before. I'll tell it again. I went to a dentist appointment this morning over nearby where I had my first job uh, and, and when I moved to Dallas, okay? And it was for an insurance company, a health insurance company. Would talk about a coincidence, right? <laughs> and, and it's on La Sierra Drive off of Central. Anyway, and I used to drive a Sirocco, and it was broken down, and I didn't have the money. I was in my 20s, just moved here, so we had just opened our first Pizza Patron. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Pizza Patron is what led to Wingstop. And uh, I would have never known when I first moved here what my life would have uh, ended up like decades later. But there I was, and I purposely went down La Sierra, and I parked my car. And I'm going to cry, I think, because I just sat there for a minute having so much gratitude for the health that I've had and the life that I've had and uh, the parents that I had and just, you know, reflecting, you know, at that point I could have been down. I mean, I could have had a miserable attitude about it, but I didn't. I kept on persevering. Of course, I was young, you know, and full of positivity. And I remember uh, had to park my car. I had a slight incline on that street. If you're, if you're familiar with it, anyone out there listening that is familiar with La Sierra, La Sierra Drive off of Central, and it's on, got a little incline. I used to have to park my Sirocco there and then pop my clutch because I couldn't afford a new battery. And I did that for months. And I just sat there, you know. This was in the late 80s, early 90s, you know. And, uh, oh, my gosh. But I just beautiful memories. And I even took a picture. So whenever, you know, I need something to, you know, to think about uh, that makes me feel happy, that would be it. So, yeah. Do we have Mary yet? I wonder if she's ever had to pop the clutch. <laughs> You bet. I drew a stick for many years. I love it. I love it. I love stories like that. You know, I was wishing I was back in that Sirocco in my 20s popping the clutch again. <laughs> I would love to go back in time like that, wouldn't we all? But, Mary, I want to hear your uh, clutch, a clutch popping story. Where did you? Yeah. <laughs> drive you know a stick and um oh gosh you know those were the days that was a long time ago i know right i know those were the days but uh, it was cheaper you know it was like the cheapest used car i could buy so that was that was the reason yeah, no, I actually bought it from who turned out to end up, I ended up marrying this guy, but I bought his used car from him. 
<laughs> the Sirocco, but oh my gosh. <laughs> crazy stories, crazy times, but I'm so glad to be here today, and we have a lot to cover. Uh, for those of you not familiar, Mary Holland serves as president and general counsel of Children's Health Defense. She left the faculty of New York University School of Law, where she served for 17 years, most recently directing its graduate lawyering program. Mary received her Master of Arts in Juris Doctor degrees from Columbia University and her undergraduate degree from Harvard. She has worked in international public and private law, and Mary is the co-author of Vaccine Epidemic and the HPV Vaccine on Trial, Seeking Justice for a Generation Betrayed. You can find Mary at childrenshealthdefense.org. And here we go. Are you ready, Mary? I'm ready. All right. So the first headline from the Defender newsletter reads, New studies deliver harsh verdicts on mask mandates, vaccine mandates for U.S. cities. So, Mary, what were the harsh verdicts delivered regarding mask mandates and vaccine mandates for U.S. cities that this story covers? Right. So the um, vaccine study showed that indoor Vaccine mandates for people to be in buildings, right, and there were a lot of those, restaurants and so on, concert halls, office buildings, had negligible effect, basically didn't do anything. For mask mandates, that was a more global study. It wasn't even just cities. Um, the, The first study about the vaccine mandates was San Francisco, Seattle, D.C., The mask mandate study was by Tom Jefferson of Oxford University from the Cochrane Collaboration, and it just showed generally there were no differences whether you had a mask mandate in place or not. Uh, So, you know, basically everything that all of this taste of totalitarianism, as Dr. Merrill Nass calls it, that everybody got in the last three years, it actually had no positive effect on health. Mm. Yeah, no, we have uh, we had a, a, regu- a, do- a medical doctor, um, Dr. Stephen Schwartz, who actually had worked on a pandemic uh, team back in, the, I believe, in uh, 2008. What was it, Marie? It was do you remember? It was a while back. It was a while back. And anyway, he was they were doing studies during this period of time. And I remember him telling us that the studies that they were uh, working on, that they that even seven, was it seven, ma- seven layers of masks, something like that, could okay. not prevent the spread. Yeah. And so and then the, the six feet and all that stuff it was you know a lot of it was just trying to figure things out and i do think they lost their minds on this you know they 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 grossly exaggerated any research that they had right oh absolutely and they didn't have they really didn't have science and we still don't really know what they were relying on bernadette it's extraordinary yeah and what about the vaccines uh so what what did the new studies that deliver uh harsh verdicts on mass mandates and vaccine mandates so what did they just what did they write about about the vaccine mandates in this article so so three researchers researchers published a paper through george mason university it's a working paper and they studied the effect of vaccine mandates in san francisco seattle and the district of columbia and they found that the, the vaccine mandates for people to work indoors or to be indoors in a whole variety of places had negligible effect. It didn't do anything, did nothing. All of that hoopla, all of those restrictions, all of those passports, all of that storm and drong, all of those firings, all of those layoffs, it did nothing. It didn't protect public health at all. Mm-mm, it so didn't. It's, extraordinary verdict that's really coming down on all this stuff well yeah and, and i and i love in this uh, article that the um oh my goodness miller uh what is his full name uh he's a, he, yeah okay he he is a uh he's a professor at nyu and right. you know they they went after him like big time and uh he, big time. he yeah big time. 
Right. So he, um, in his class, he teaches a course. He's a wonderful professor, wonderful human being, yeah. wonderful professor, teaches a course on propaganda. Years ago, I actually lectured in his class because I also was at NYU. Anyway, he had many wonderful people lecture in his class. So he's teaching a class on propaganda, and he has his students read science related to masks. And this, a lot of the science says they do nothing. And so a student basically goes on Twitter to say he is a QAnon crazy conspiracy theorist. And the university jumps on that. And so he was essentially penalized for teaching people to think critically about masks. And literally, he went through investigations at the university level, and he's saying that he has a grim satisfaction seeing that the New York Times op-ed, not their science reporter, their op-ed writer, is now saying that the masks were worthless. It was was an absolutely insane three years, Bernadette. Yeah, it it really has been insane. And uh, so much more to go here. I mean, there's a lot more that we need to discover. Uh, But let's go to the next headline. The next headline reads, Worst Public Health Mistakes in History. Witness uh, tells COVID Pandemic Oversight Committee. So, Mary, who was the witness that made that statement and who was the audience? So this is exciting. This were three of our heroes uh, from the health freedom world were testifying before the select subcommittee on the COVID pandemic in Congress, in the House of Representatives. And they were talking about the last three years. And it was Martin Kuldorf, who was a professor at Harvard. I believe that he was removed from the faculty of Harvard uh, because he didn't dots and because of all this craziness. And he said that this is the worst public health mistake in history, but he also said, Bernadette, that sending sick people to nursing homes was criminal and that Mm. this was the worst assault on poor people since segregation in Vietnam. I think that's very important. I think that's a point that Bobby Kennedy also makes, but this was an assault on the poor. These people were forced to keep their jobs because they were essential workers with no vaccine, no protection, allegedly. And then when the vaccines came, if they didn't take the shots, they were fired. Mm -hmm. And of course, all of these small businesses and small range from anything from tiny to pretty big, they were, they shut down. Mm -hmm. Small retail was destroyed by COVID. Um, So I just think that's, and, and think about the learning loss for poor children who didn't get into learning pods and quads with other, you know, well-to-do families. It was absolutely an assault on the poor. Mm-hmm. It was, and it continues. You know, uh, this is not really related, but I pulled an article from the Children's uh, Health Defense. I mean, it's all related, but it was an article uh, in, the, in the Children's Health Defense that I saw. Boulder County targets Latinos with fear campaign to get parents to vaccinate young kids for COVID. And I know this to be very real because I'm very I'm close to a lot of people in the Latino community. And uh, I just it's like, when will it stop? Like, when will they stop this charade? Well, yeah. it's it's. It's it's ending, and it, you know some of the stories focus on that. Why is this happening now? It is ending. People are still, though, and more stories will cover this. I think people are still kind of frozen, Bernadette. It was so. I think people are experiencing a kind of um, post traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. They, they can't quite take in 
oh, my God, all of that was a fraud. None of that was necessary. My friend who died after getting a COVID shot didn't have to die. My friend who, you know, wore, was panic-stricken not to leave her home for three years, you mean she could have been going out the whole time? Like, I, I think it's a lot for people to take in, Bernadette. You and I have been sort of creeping along through this for the last mm-hmm. three years, but most people have, or a lot of people anyway, have not. And so I do believe they're in a kind of state of shock. Yeah. No, I would agree. And I'm going to jump ahead. I know we need to go to, well, you know what? We need to go to break. I know Jerry's, I know Jerry's, uh, you want me to go to break, don't you, Jerry? Yes. (laughs) Okay. And I'll save this. You talk about Frozen. We're going to talk about Woody Harrelson when we get back uh, and Saturday, Saturday Night Live. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back with Mary Holland. You are listening to One Life Radio. Health, freedom, news, and views with the president of Children's Health Defense, Mary Holland. One Life Radio will be right back. Hey everyone, I have to share a story about how amazing TerraFlora Advanced Care is for gut health. So my friend Liz contracted a debilitating intestinal bacterial infection about a month ago. Her doctor told her she could have died if left untreated. He prescribed a strong antibiotic that treated her infection, but unfortunately left her with terrible stomach bloating along with other intestinal issues. I recommended that she take TerraFlora Advanced Care to help her replenish the good gut bacteria lost by taking the antibiotic. Liz said she could tell the difference in her gut immediately after taking the advanced care. Her stomach bloating went away and she could feel her gut working the way it's supposed to. She says TerraFlora Advanced Care has been a game changer and she won't go without it. I hear stories like this all the time about TerraFlora Advanced Care and all the TerraFlora probiotics. I have been taking them for years myself, and I encourage everyone to visit Enviromedica.com to see their full line of probiotics and find the one that's right for you. That's Enviromedica.com. Back with more positivity pouring out your speakers. It's One Life Radio. Right, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Mary Holland. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas, on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. Uh, Mary Holland serves as president and general counsel of Children's Health Defense, and we go over the most read news and views of the week with Mary every Monday. Uh, and the Children's Health Defense. I encourage you to sign up for the. Defender newsletter. It's free. It's weekly. Just go to childrenshealthdefense.org and get these stories uh, and others uh, in your mailbox every Sunday morning in your email box. Uh, and it's great. It's great to be informed. Okay. So Mary, right before the break, we were talking about being frozen, right? And people are kind of frozen. So Woody Harrelson, uh, this is one of the stories on the uh, most read news and views of the week. Woody Harrelson uh, slams COVID protocols during SNL monologue, hypnotized audience misses the joke. Okay. So, uh, you know, I was watching it. I wasn't watching it live. I watched it afterwards, but I saw it and I agree that they were either shocked in silence or it went right over their heads in spite of being brilliantly delivered. And I just loved how Woody Harrelson's bravery uh, to comically deliver the truth uh, it was was he just put it out there. He's no bystander. What, what do you want to say about it? Yeah, it was, I didn't get to watch it live, but I've watched it several times, and he nailed it, right? He, his, his joke, quote-unquote, was that the biggest drug cartels in the world 
uh, band together by the media, by politicians, and they won't let people come out of their houses until they take their drugs over and over again. And he says, oh, well, you know, that couldn't possibly be true, sort of laughingly. And <laughs> yeah. the audience doesn't, and that's exactly what happened, right, for several years, and the audience doesn't quite know what to make of it. And I think um, it's fascinating. I, I really do think they sort of were shocked um, on different levels. They're shocked uh-huh. that it, but they're also shocked that that's actually the truth. Mm-hmm. So it's part of this sort of we're coming out of this phase, and it's going to take a lot. Yeah. But as, as the author of this article, Jeffrey Tucker, who runs something called the Brownstone Institute, said, he said, education, culture, religion, religion and civil society itself were smashed. And I think that's really true, and that it's going to take a lot to, to kind of open up real discourse on this. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And Marie Early, she watched it live. Marie, what were your thoughts? Well, I just wanted to say that Saturday Night Live was pretty blatant in the past three years about doing skits pro-vaccine. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. It, it surprised me that they yeah, have turned the, you know, mm-hmm. did a 180 and now are having these types of skits. Yeah. So that surprised me the most. Yeah, I would agree. Mary, do you want to comment on that? They've had a couple skits that were questioning, but yes, absolutely, they're part of mainstream media. They're NBC, and uh, they were all in with Pfizer. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, you are seeing a little bit of a shift. I'm not sure why. Uh, I like to believe uh, because they finally, you know, want to do the right thing and they see the truth and they want to educate people on the on the science, the real science. Uh, but who knows? You know, I guess we'll discover as we move along through this thing called life <laughs> and through time. But uh, you know, uh, l- let me go to the next headline. So the third headline from the most read news and views of the week from the Defender newsletter reads flagrant in your face corruption led to Ohio train disaster. David Sirota tells RFK Jr. So Mary, can you tell our audience who David uh, Sirota is and what he shared with Bobby Kennedy Jr. in a recent episode um, of the RFK Jr. podcast? Sure. So David Sirota is a journalist. Um, he covers the environment and what he explained is that These train derailments have been going on for a long time, and they're a very, very serious problem, and that the National Transportation Safety Board had proposed new rules that were going into effect under the Obama administration at least to require trains to have new braking systems at a minimum and other things. And then apparently, essentially, a bribe was essentially, I mean, not not a criminal bribe, but um, a huge donation was paid by the chemical industry to the train, uh, to the to the government, to the Trump administration, the chemical and train, the train uh, industry, and the regulations were dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so basically people aren't – the government regulators are not doing their job, and I think that's really the takeaway is that they've been corrupted. They're corrupt. Yeah. yeah. There's and no it, accountability was the bottom line of this piece. Yeah, and wasn't there was – there was another train uh, 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 derailment just on Saturday, right? Yeah, and it, I think it's a, it's a further story along here, but it turns out there's about one of these every two days, Bernadette. You know, they, we just don't, they don't all get as much attention as East Palestine and how um, unbelievable that fire was mm-hmm. uh, and the toxicity. But there are really hazardous uh, derailments and truck uh, accidents that spill chemical, toxic um, way, chemicals uh, on a really frequent basis. 
Mm-hmm. And wasn't it uh, uh, former President Donald Trump that also had a meeting uh, with uh, a, 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 a tentative meeting, if you will, with RFK Jr. regarding um, this whole vaccine issue and the safety of sure. vaccines? Sure. And yeah. and uh, former President Donald Trump took a one million dollar bribe from yeah. Pfizer for his um, his inauguration. Uh, inauguration ball. Yeah, or party. Yeah. And, and so the vaccine yeah. safety commission just disappeared. Just yeah. went off the radar. Yep. Yeah. I don't remember if it was a million. I think that's right. In other words, it wasn't so terribly much. But then basically insiders, Pfizer people took over FDA and CDC, and there was no Vaccine Safety Commission. Yeah. And, boy, we need one. Uh, and we need uh, – I think that, that that's going to be – this this topic, what we're talking about, vaccine efficacy and safety, has got to be um, one of the top issues of our next president, don't you think, no on their platform? No question. Yeah. Getting to the bottom of it. Okay, well, um, okay, let's go to the next headline. And it is, let me see here. It is, okay, so the next story headline from the Defender newsletter, most read news and views of the week reads, Frequencies, part one. Uh, Was Einstein right about the future of medicine? So, Mary, what is electrosmog, and what did Einstein predict about the future of medicine? So this is a fantastic, very long and thorough article by Rob Verkirk of the Alliance for National Health um, International. And he's talking about that, that Einstein, Albert Einstein, believed that the future of medicine would be the medicine of frequencies. And so Verkirk kind of goes through for us in this article all of the science that shows that we as animals are electromagnetic beings and there have been therapies that have been introduced. But in the world that we live in, it's such a kind of schizophrenic world Bernadette, where Mm -hmm. we are electromagnetic creatures. We could be using frequency medicine clearly to advance healing. And at the same time, we're creating all of these um, devices that give off electromagnetic frequencies like computers, like cell phones, like iPads, like um, smart meters, like 5G antennas that are obviously having an electromagnetic effect on humans, and we pretend like they don't. It's just the weirdest, weirdest dichotomy mm-hmm. where we could be using frequencies to really help us in our health problems, but we don't do that, but we're creating all of these electrofrequency devices causing electrosmog, and we pretend like they don't have an effect. Yeah. No, and there's some fascinating uh, methods of healing out there that all include the pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. That's what it's called. I actually did it myself. It's called on-demand therapy. Um, and I'm reading here from, uh, this is from the web, uh, energy, medicine, excuse me, energy medicine is any healing modality that affects positive change in the electric uh, energetic system of living beings this article will focus on the form of energy medicine called pulsed electromagnetic field uh, therapy so pe MF, and it talks about energy medicine has been around since the beginning of human existence, and it plays an essential part in the way we heal ourselves. We all have the innate ability to heal ourselves, just as when a cut heals bone mends uh, itself without outside assistance and our most uh, minute level of physical being. We are an uh, energetic system, a world of atoms and electrons, and it goes on to say that we think of our bodies as flesh and bone supplied by blood and directed by the brain and nervous systems, but that description 
is very superficial. We are much more complex than that with the ultimate in complexity being our unconscious uh, or our consciousness consisting of thoughts and emotions. Despite the advances we made in science and medicine, we still haven't figured out how uh, consciousness works. But I did the therapy, Mary, and I have to tell you, uh, you know, I could never um, go on antibiotics. I have, I'm extremely like deadly allergic to them and I had to have uh, a major jaw surgery. And so that's what we did. Um, and for me in preparation before the surgery and after, and I got through it uh, very well, very, wow. very well. But, but that doctor, you know, in fact, I don't want to get in too much of it, but she um, is no longer practicing right now because, you know, government officials gave her such a hard time about, about using modalities like the, what is it? P P M F P E M F P. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah. And you, I don't know why we aren't more open-minded to it, but I th believe in this article it addresses, right, all the lobbyists that make sure that, you know, things, uh, 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 what do I want to say, modalities or mechanisms like this on-demand uh, healing device uh, are discredited. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, it explains how this has been happening for a very, very long time, and, that it, and yet... Um, and, and it makes the point that sometimes it's hard to discern, is this real medicine or not? Is this going to help or not? But that there should be frequency medicines, Albert Einstein told us 100 years ago. Well, and there are a lot of countries, four countries, I think I read in the article, Germany being at the top of that list, right, yeah. or one of the top? Germany, that, uh, yeah. There are a lot of countries that use this. And remember, Chinese medicine, thousands of years old, is based on our being electromagnetic. That's acupuncture, right? I mean, right. it's not a new thing. Yeah, all fascinating stuff. And you know what? We need to go for another break. So we're going to go. Uh, let's go to break. More coming up with Mary Holland and the Children's Health Defense.org. We are going through the most read news and views of the week. Stay tuned, everyone. You are listening to One Life Radio. Follow us on social media at One Life Radio. Crazy Waters benefits have a history that runs deep. The legend is that in 1881, a woman who suffered from dementia would sit by the well and drink the mineral water all day long. People began to notice that the woman was not so crazy anymore. Had the well gotten rid of her crazies? The well became known as the Crazy Well and people from all over flocked to this magical place. Back in 1904, the famous mineral water company began bottling and distributing its mineral water. The benefits of these minerals all feed your body and mind what it craves. It's a natural sports drink without all the disruptive artificial flavors and sugars. You can find Crazy Water by visiting their website, drinkcrazywater.com. That's drinkcrazywater.com. Want to advertise on One Life Radio? Send us an email, info at oneliferadio.com. Contagiously positive. One Life Radio is back. All right, everyone. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Erling, and Mary Holland. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. If you're just now joining us, Mary Holland serves as president and general counsel of Children's Health Defense. She left the faculty of New York University School of Law, where she served for 17 years, most recently directing its graduate lawyering program. 
program. Mary received her Master of Arts in Juris Doctor degrees from Columbia University and her undergraduate degree from Harvard. She has worked in international public and private law, and Mary is the co-author of Vaccine Epidemic and the HPV Vaccine on Trial, Seeking Justice for a Generation Betrayed. You can find Mary Holland at childrenshealthdefense.org, and you can also sign up for the newsletter uh, at childrenshealthdefense.org. We're going over the top 10 stories, as I said, so uh, let's go to this one. We're halfway through the top 10. Uh, So uh, the next headline reads, CDC advisors tout RSV vaccines as FDA admits shots linked to rare immune disorder in older adults. So, Mary, more vaccines are being touted. They seem to be speeding up the development of more and more instead of slowing them down, almost like it's a race. Uh, So in this piece, what does Michael uh, Nevradakis, Ph.D., what does he report? Well, the advisory committee to the Centers for Disease Control just met for three days to talk about three new RSV, uh, respiratory syncytial virus um, vaccines. And the only reason we're talking about this, um, Bernadette, is because there are new vaccines that they're trying to sell. Mm -hmm. But what's really important here is that the clinical trials for these RSV products, when their target audience are elderly people and pregnant women, which is insane, mm-hmm. but um, they're, so there's going to be a vote in October on pregnant women, but their market is older people, and in the clinical trials, two people out of 20,000 develop Guillain-Barre syndrome, which mm-hmm. is um, a very severe paralytic disorder. It's a neurological mm-hmm. problem. You can't move your body. And there was one death 22 days after the vaccine caused by a brain injury, uh, encephalopathy. So this is just crazy. Uh, And one of the most horrible things um, that Dr. Nass reported, she was live blogging the ACIP meeting, and three COVID-injured victims spoke about their injuries, and they were just completely brushed off by Mm -hmm. this committee. So, you know, the conclusion that Meryl Nass reaches is this is just a rubber stamp. They absolutely don't do any kind of investigation or oversight. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't think, yeah, were you you weren't on the air. Yeah, it was Tuesday. We did the story we uh, with Ray Flores uh, yeah. and the vaccine injured. And then, um, but I don't think you heard this yet. So we tried to put out a wire the night before on Access Wire. Um, to promote the show and that what we were going to talk about and the title was The Vaccine Injured Are Real. They declined it. They declined it and went, and we paid for it and they declined it, said that it did not meet their, what did they say, Marie? Their guidelines. Their guidelines. So Marie looked at the guidelines and she said, we didn't violate their guidelines. And so, you know, you hear stuff like that when people say, oh, no, we're not censored. We're not being censored anymore. That's not true. Yes, it is, people. It is true. <laughs> and, and what I do with that, I don't know. What would you suggest I do, Mary? Uh, publicize exactly what happened. Put it out on Twitter. You know, shame people. There are very few real remedies, but shame them and write a letter saying, I looked at your guidelines and I don't see anything that says I can't talk about people who've been injured. Tell me where I, you know, point out to me and and make, make it something that they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
make them have to. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's great advice. Um, anything else that we want to talk about with this? Uh, the uh, well, I do. You know, uh, the the CDC advisors tout RSV vaccines. That's just you know, RSV has been around for a very long time, Mary. And I think that one of the reasons that it's had such a strong emergence. This is just me, you know, with common sense thinking that because we have become such an over vaccinated society and our immune systems are compromised by this just being inundated with so many vaccines, especially our children, right? I mean, they get a vaccine when they're, what, two days old for, no. uh, for habitat? Yeah, day of birth. Yeah, the day of birth for hep, it's hep, uh, hep B. B? Yeah. And so you think, okay, now that's got to have a reaction in their little bodies. But yet, you know, no one wants to talk about that. No one wants to talk about the fact that the sudden infant death syndrome went down by 39% when vaccination, uh, when children, uh, or excuse me, when parents, you know, stopped bringing their kids in for vaccinations during the whole COVID thing, right? I mean, these are very real numbers and the numbers don't lie. And so I think there's a rise in RSV because we've, we've compromised our immune systems with all these vaccines. Am, am I crazy to think that? No, not at all. No? Okay. Well, that's good to know that I'm not crazy. <laughs> what do you want to say, Marie? Well, I wanted to say two out of 20,000 is they give a certain margin of error. So is it the reason they don't care is because it falls under that percentage of the people that can be harmed and still pass the vaccine along to the public? Well, they don't really have a margin that they have to comply with. So they're not afraid to say, oh, you know, one in two and two, 20,000, that's not a big deal. One in 10,000, that's that's nothing to worry about. I mean, that's their standard line. And, and they lie about things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. who's to say that it was really one in 10,000? I am skeptical. But, you know, and that's in a clinical trial. Don't forget that the people that are always inducted into clinical trials are extremely healthy compared to other people their age. Mm -hmm. You put something like that out into the general population, you can be pretty assured that you're going to see a higher level of injury. And they don't care because they they aren't liable. It's the same thing. It's corrupt. No accountability. They don't have to pay. The only potential payout will be from a government program that takes forever and is pretty Mm -hmm. stingy. Mm-hmm. I wonder how successful their uh, their uh, their trials would be if uh, all the participants were doctors taking all these yeah. risks, right? Yeah. And let yeah. them get injured or die, and and see how how you know I yeah I mean yeah. you know it's just not fair. How the whole system is really screwed up, and I'm hoping in the next president of this country can fix it. I really do. To me, it's one of the most important because it's a trickle down from the top, right? And that's it's it's blatant. Uh, it's it's just blatant corruption. It's so corrupt, and it and it needs to stop if America and this world is to be saved. That's how I feel about it. But okay, we're gonna move to the next story. We have a few more headlines to go. The next one reads. Human 5G antennas. So one of the worst I uh, uh, one of the worst ideas ever, critics say. So Mary, I, w- I was truly kind of shocked when I read this article written by Suzanne Burdick, PhD. I was thinking to myself, 6G? What really? I mean, human uh, human beings wearing copper bracelet bracelets to act as antennas. But what did Dr. Burdick report in this article? Well, this is a pretty shocking article. So we're already rolling out. 5G, meaning fifth generation, and now the telecom industry is coming up with the sixth generation to better power the Internet of Things. And their idea is, oh, this is what we were just talking about. We're ignoring the potential harms from electromagnetic radiation. Let's have humans actually be ground 
for this um, new energy source. And what they're basically doing is they're having people wear two copper coil bracelets, one on each arm, and they are serving as amplifying antennas from 5G towers or 6G towers. We would be, humans would be the ground plane. And I, I didn't understand this, that there are always copper plates underneath antennas to serve as ground. And they have not investigated what would be the health effects of this at all, Bernadette. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there are going to be health effects. We are electromagnetic creatures. So this is just uh, the idea that they're going out with this and sort of advertising, oh, it's going to be faster, it's going to be convenient, without knowing anything about what damage this can do to people is pretty shocking. It is pretty shocking. I was shocked by just the 6G. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, they're screwing us up enough um, physically and mentally, I feel, from the 5G, and now they want it to go even faster. Why do they want things to go so fast? You have to ask that question. I mean, what is the point? Are they trying to make us all insane? Uh, seriously, I'm being very serious when I say that because how, f I mean, I feel it. Do you feel it? Uh, uh, yeah, well, it's crazy. To me, <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, who needs this? What is this really for? And I think that's a very important question. I don't know that we have a, a really uh, a clear answer yet, but is it really in people's best interest? No, I don't think so. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is, and I know this might sound crazy. I've said that word a lot in the last 10 minutes, but uh, I was thinking, is it so they can trade faster on the stock market? You know, because that's a, that's a very real thing, you know, the trading back and forth and how quickly it happens and how it can result in millions of dollars in profit if you, whoever gets to it for, first, right? That's one idea. But the other is simply surveillance, Bernadette. All of this infrastructure is going towards a kind of surveillance economy and surveillance society. And gotcha. so the faster you can and the more accurate you can have surveillance, it gives somebody a lot more control. Mm, mm. What do you, Marie's got her hand up like she's in class, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought all this was uh, the 5G and now the 6G is for uh, AI or for uh, artificial or what do you call it? The, right. um, artificial intelligence. Artificial yeah. intelligence. Sure. And also um, yeah. where you you can see like instead of looking at your map on your on your phone or on your uh, car, it's going to be in front of you. Like right. you yeah. see arrows pointing down the right. street. And remember, it's going to be, you know, the metaverse, right? We're moving into this quasi-virtual yes. world. And so this is all about putting in place the infrastructure so that many of us will be living in a metaverse and our yeah. friends robots. I mean, it's just crazy stuff. It but is that's crazy. the reality of where they, a lot of big money wants to go. Yeah. Well, I don't want to go there. I want to stay on my porch with my squirrels and my birds. Me too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> me Call too. me crazy. I don't mind. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to break. <laughs> More coming up with uh, Mary Holland and the Children's Health Defense.org. Stay tuned, everyone. You are listening to One Life Radio. If you miss the show, not to worry. You can always catch the podcast after the broadcast at OneLifeRadio.com or your favorite podcast app. Be sweet, Parakeet. <laughs> in today's environment, books provide the most reliable means for disseminating knowledge. Children's Health Defense Publishing offers titles written by foremost authorities and courageous voices who speak the truth despite criticism and consequences, often at the expense of their careers. Here are the latest must-reads in the fight for truth. The Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex. 
by true crime writer John Leake and prominent research cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough. Lies My Government Told Me and The Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone and Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022 by former BlackRock fund manager Ed Dowd. Get your copies today at skyhorsepublishing.com and listen to the show every Monday with Mary Holland, president of Children's Health Defense for updates and deep dives into these new releases. That's skyhorsepublishing.com. We're back. More of One Life Radio starts now. All right, everyone. I'm loving the music. Welcome back to One Life Radio. This is Bernadette with Jerry Caldwell, Marie Early, and Mary Holland. We are continuing our live broadcast here from Dallas, Texas, on iHeartMedia, as well as KMET in Southern California on ABC News Talk. We are going through the top 10 news and views of the week with the Children's Health Defense and Mary Holland. She serves as president and general counsel at the Children's Health Defense, and we love having her on the air on Mondays. Okay, so the next headline line from the Defender newsletter reads WSJ it's time health officials concede opponents were right natural immunity protects against COVID so Mary even though it's an op-ed piece this is good news agreed sure yeah let's talk about it yeah so this is the Wall Street Journal this is a really important global newspaper especially for the business community and their editorial writer or their columnist Alicia Findlay has been writing some very good op-eds about the whole COVID situation. And this one, she basically calls out the press and the public health authorities saying you should already be apologizing and you should be relaxing vaccine mandates. Uh, And she accuses the public health authorities of being kind of like a a religious cult, right, a clerisy, she calls them. But she acknowledges that they would have to really admit that they were wrong in order to now pull back the vaccine mandates, and she's questioning whether they'll do that. And I think it's a really important question. Yeah, it is a really important question, and, and one as you know, we, this is what we talk about here. That it's so important. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? And, we, and, you know, we talked about this earlier. So, that, you know, you had the Lancet last week. They admitted this. Now the Wall Street Journal, even though it's an op-ed piece, you know, uh, it, you, it seems like they're, uh, they're acknowledging it, right, and that's, it, that there's right. a superiority mm-hmm. over the mRNA COVID vaccine. But uh, one has to ask why. Why now? Well, I think why now is a really important question, and I think one answer to that is because the information is coming out anyway, right? The House of Representatives, we just talked about, they had a hearing with Bhattacharya, Kuldorf, and Makari. The House of Representatives is actually really moving forward to investigate what happened. Mm-hmm. So the powers that be know that they're going to have to have some kind of reckoning, and so it's somewhat... It's somewhat in their interest for them to do it rather than to have adversaries do it. Also, the Biden administration has said that they're going to end the pandemic on May. They're going to end the emergency powers on May 11th. So I think all of this winds down likely May 11th, but they're going to attempt for sure to say, well, this is not the last pandemic. We need to keep all these controls. We need to keep all of these processes in place. Um, Will they drop the vaccine mandates before that? It's very interesting, Bernadette. It hasn't gotten a lot of attention, but I was talking with somebody over the weekend 
um, many universities have dropped their mandates, which I had not been aware of. Apparently, Columbia University has dropped their mandate, and other major institutions have. So we can only hope that that really starts the trend and, and more institutions drop them. Mm-hmm. And New York City dropped their vaccine mandates for their public employees a couple weeks ago. Um, so it's happening just too slowly. Yeah. What about the, the vaccine passport? The, you know, you think that's still yeah. going to come you know, to fruition? They're not going to give up on that. Oh, sure. I mean, I think that the idea is to utilize, as it has been for the last three years, to utilize vaccines as the means to a digital ID. Mm-hmm. A global mm-hmm. digital ID. This is one of the goals of the sustain, it's a sustainable development goal of the United Nations. By 2030, mm-hmm. they want every human on the planet to have a digital ID. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the primary purpose or one of the primary purposes of the mm-hmm. vaccines is to get those digital IDs when people would go to get vaccinated. However, I think it's been so disastrous that there must be some reconsideration of that. So how this mm-hmm. all plays out, I don't know. Don't forget, they're still talking about bird flu. They're talking about Marburg. They're oh, talking yeah. about monkeypox, mpox. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not over when it oh, comes yeah. to RSV, right? It's not over when it comes to infectious disease. I, for sure, I think COVID is winding down, though. Yeah. Well, no, it's it's a very profitable business and there's no liability. I mean, talk about a great business to be in. No right. liability, very profitable. I mean, you got the government on, you know, on your side. <laughs> what were you going to say, Marie? Well, I was going to say that uh, the companies could be liable. All of, I, I think it's happening in, in New York now that people are suing because they got fired. Yeah. And so yeah. when all of this goes away, isn't that going to start happening like nationwide? People are going to be angry uh-huh. that they lost oh, their job. People are going to be furious. I mean, we're involved in lawsuits now where we believe that people were wrongly terminated because their religious exemptions were not honored as they should have been. They had genuine and sincere religious beliefs. And so, yes, it's, this is not over. This is absolutely not over. Um, and I do believe as more people become aware of exactly what Woody Harrelson said, the drug cartels got together with the media and the government, locked people in their houses, and wouldn't let them out until they took the drugs over and over again. When people really start understanding that, there's going to be a kind of rage uh, that's going to be hard to control, honestly. Yeah. People yeah, died. I, a lot I would of agree. Died. Yeah, a lot I'm... of people lost their their livelihoods. They lost their businesses. When people really come to understand that there was no justification for the closures, for the masks, for the lockdowns, for the vaccines, that none of them worked, mm-hmm. people will be mad. Oh, yeah. They and should the... be. And the people that lost their parents that died alone without family members. I'll tell you, if it was me, I would have I would have broke through the window. I would have done anything. I, I would have gone to jail for it, too, I'm sure. But, I mean, that in itself, we, we touched on it earlier, is so criminal. That is such a criminal offense against humanity to, to allow an elderly person to die without their family around, um, peering through the, at them through the window. What kind of crap is that? You know, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh-huh. Okay, so we've got two more stories. Okay, so the next story is, uh, two, okay, uh, 200 million Americans at regular risk of chemical disasters like the train wreck in Ohio. Mary, this report was written by Carrie Gillum, uh, is very concerning. What can you tell us? We kind of touched on it earlier uh, yeah. about this train derailment. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, there are these industrial chemical accidents every two days in the United States. Um, the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, says that they have an average of 235 emergency responses every year. Uh, and people who live near chemical plants really do live in fear that there will be some oh, yeah. explosion or some waste that comes out of it. Um, the costs for this are huge. And again, the problem is there's just not sufficient liability so that these industries take it seriously and they put the prevention in place that they could. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy and scary. And uh, you know what? We've only got about um, a minute left. I did want to share this real quick, though, that a friend of mine uh, uh, on the inside, so to speak, uh, heard that the plant where the chemicals came from in uh, Palestine, East Palestine, Ohio, were really Dow Chemical. Uh, it just has another name, and they're trying to hide the name in general. Um, and so, you know, and then, and, and uh, he uh, also said that uh, it's the same plant that was used to make Agent Orange um, and dioxin and a lot of other things. And so, you know, a lot of, a lot of information will be coming out, but, uh, let me jump to the last story cause I don't want to run out of time. Are the COVID MRA MRNA shots affecting birth rates? Mary, what do you say about this story? Well, this is a really interesting article by um, Dr. Josh Middledorf, um, a, a scientist, and there have been a lot of glaring signs that these shots cause miscarriages and cause infertility. And there was an article in the New England Journal, Pfizer data, German Federal Institute, VAERS reports, doctors, Naomi Wolf, a lot of people. Germany and Sweden are down 8% for 2021. But... Josh did a deep dive, and it appears it's a, it's a more ambiguous picture than we might have imagined. So Portugal, the birth rate's actually up. Spain, the birth rate is up. Norway and Italy is down. Sweden is up, or rather Switzerland is up. So what he's suggesting is we don't have good enough science. We need more really credible data. But that it may be that there was a very immediate vaccine effect Mm. Non fertility, but that doesn't that doesn't uh. accumulate over time. I think we don't know the answer, Bernadette. But I'm yeah. grateful, Josh, for doing this deep dive. All right, always great, Mary Holland. Everyone, childrenshealthdefense.org. Sign up for the Defender newsletter. I'm going to wrap this up very quick. You get one body, you get one mind, and you get one life. Protect it. <laughs> Protect it. <laughs>